I have now helped other businesses sell over half a billion dollars of stuff online. I didn't start in marketing, though, started kind of on that corporate path to success, I guess, if you will. Have a handful of college degrees, kind of was climbing that corporate ladder until I decided to retire from corporate and started my own thing. Built my own marketing agency, built that to multiple six figures in less than nine months. I, at the time, ClickFunnels was baby brand new. So if you're familiar with ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson, I started, I had started on WordPress like everyone else that grew up in the day. And then started to use ClickFunnels, had a lot of success, was able to get my clients a lot of success. Russell found out what I was doing, got a Voxer from Russell, and he said, hey, would you be willing to shut down your agency and come build my certified partner program? So the previous certified partner program, a couple of seven-figure programs that I built for Russell. Boy, oh boy, do I have a guest for you on today's show. You might be able to tell that we're going to be diving into some pretty cool things Things that will help you with the right strategy when it comes to using your podcast to make money. Because the guest I have for you today hasn't just helped others do this, i.e. make money. Nope, Nora Suddeth is also the co-founder of Hello Audio, a software that specializes in helping experts like you create private podcasts. So she has not only used her marketing chops to grow this software business, but she's also talking day in and day out to her users who are also using their podcasts to make money. So yes, you are in the right place. If you have been wondering how in the world you are going to level up the number of leads you have coming from your podcast into your business and how you're actually going to convert these leads. Are you ready to get into it? I sure am. My name is Deidre Shen, CEO and co-founder of Capture, the fastest way to repurpose and market your expert content. And this is the Grow My Podcast Show. So what we're going to talk about today is something obviously through my work at Hello Audio, I know a lot of folks that have now a public podcast. They also have private podcasts as well. But how do you really take those listeners and convert them into clients, right? So sometimes I used to have a program and it was like click into clients because everyone was clicking online. But now we're really looking at how do we turn a listener who is maybe perhaps a, a passive listener and we turn them into an active participant in your business. And so that's kind of where this came about. So I want to share my playbook for doing that with you and also kind of give you the nuances and, and talk a little bit about how to make this work for you. Okay, so I'm going to give you the 30,000 foot view to Nora's strategy right now, because I kid you not when I tell you that you may have to get your pen and paper out and take some notes. This episode is going to be jam packed with incredibly dense, juicy value. And I don't want you to get lost trying to wrap your mind around all the goodness she's going to be dropping. So here's the 30,000 foot view. There are two overall steps to her framework. And this is the framework that is going to get people from your podcast to convert into an actual sale. The first step is what Nora calls the customer conversation. Got that? Wrote that down? The second step, which has four parts to it, is called the Sound Profits Playbook. Okay, wrote that down too? All right. Okay, good. So let's start from the beginning at step number one. What in the world is the customer conversation? The way I define a customer conversation, it's different than your brand voice. Okay, so if you are a company and you have your brand voice guide in terms of how you speak to someone, I love it. That's also necessary. What this customer conversation really is, 
It's a dialogue that helps someone get from point A to point B. Point A is the, the, the meeting point, right? The starting point of that potential client. And point B is the point where they are most ready or most likely to buy that product. So we architect customer conversations as a way to purchase a specific product or service. So whatever that is for you, we're going to talk about that high ticket you know, offer, what yours look like here in a minute. But that's what I mean by a customer conversation. What this customer conversation does is it's navigating that potential client's beliefs, so what they believe, what their perceptions are, which are real to them, and also their emotions. And we need to sometimes shift beliefs. We need to potentially build new beliefs in order to get them to point B, which is where they're going to be most likely to invest in your product or your service. Same thing with emotions. So if they come in and they're skeptical and they're like, I'm gonna, you're just going to sell me crap, right? Today, that's what I mean. Granted, I'm not trying to be meta here, but the other, the reason why I'm like, hey, this is pitch free because I don't even want your, I want your brain now fully focused on here versus what's going to be, you know, what's the pitch going to be? So I think that's, that's just something I want you to think about. Um, and when your people come, they're coming with certain beliefs. They're coming with certain emotions. And it's through this customer conversation that we architect new beliefs or we shift those false beliefs and we create certain emotions that'll be most likely for them to purchase. And it's that conversation. So most people get this wrong. They're like, oh, it's I need this funnel. You know, they're focused on the, the communications delivery vehicle. They're focused on emails or social posts or the workshop or the webinar or the funnel, the sales page. But it's that is actually less important. The vehicle that delivers it is less important than the conversation itself. And I would say most people I've, I've ever worked with, if not almost all of them, if they had started, some do, they just aren't quite there yet. But if they start with architecting the customer conversation and they know what they need to say, they know what they need to present to put in front of a potential client in order to shift those beliefs, in order to shift those emotions or create those emotions that'll make them most likely to purchase, then creating that workshop, creating the sales page, then it's just like, oh, I know exactly what I need to say. Now I just need to choose the vehicle to deliver that customer conversation. So powerful. And if your head is already spinning, thinking about how you're going to apply this to your business, then let me tell you, Nora went even deeper. So in terms of beliefs, let's start with beliefs. What does your prospect need to believe about themselves to be most likely to invest, right? That they have time, that they have the capability to do it, that they have the capacity, right? That they have resources, that they're ready, right? Think about, and, and this is for you to brainstorm. You know your people the most, but I want you to brainstorm. What is it that they need to believe? What do they need to believe about you? that you care, that you're invested in, in their success, that you're, you know, what do they need about your, to believe about the program or your process or your framework, that it works, right? That it's going to work for them, right? That, so I want you to really think about what is it that that human being, and this is important, we need to lead with empathy in our, in our customer conversations. What do they need to understand? What do they need to believe? They need to believe that you understand where they're coming from, right? How do we do that? Through leading with empathy, through establishing common ground with them. I want you to brainstorm all of those things. Also on the emotional side or the feeling side, what's, what are the emotional drivers behind their, their purchase decision? 
For some of you, it's going to be maybe the the fear that they're going to be left behind. It might be the desire to get themselves out of their business, depending on what you sell, right? This exercise is one of the most important exercises you could possibly do in your business, okay? And so some of those things, like they need to believe it works. Okay, so now we have those list of the things that they need. How do we architect the customer conversation? Well, okay, social proof would be a good one. Maybe you tell a story about a client. Maybe they need to see stats and facts. Maybe it's stats, facts, and stories that we need to sprinkle in this con this conversation in order to shift those beliefs or create new beliefs. Sometimes it's education and awareness because they didn't know what they didn't know. And where you are, right, as the expert, as the person who is guiding people through this transformation or result or whatever you do for your client, your awareness and education is much further along than theirs is. And so writing all of those things down will help you see the sequence of conversation that you need to have with someone in order for them to be most likely to buy. I don't care right now. Like, let's take away the vehicle. It doesn't matter if it's through an email launch, a webinar. None of that matters. If you don't get the content correct in the conversation, if there's gaps, right? Then we get to the pitch and they're not ready to buy. Why? Because we haven't addressed hesitations. We haven't shift, shifted the beliefs that they we need to shift or create the beliefs that we needed to create in order to get them to buy. That's usually where most people's funnels or marketing campaigns fall short or why their conversions are not where they need to be is because they haven't addressed everything in the customer conversation that they needed to. Hmm, I can think about a gajillion examples in the past and probably present too, where I personally haven't been as effective at this as I needed to be. And where my mind jumped to is, well, how do we know if we're on the right track with this exercise? How in-depth do we really have to go? Because it feels like one of those exercises that could keep going on forever. And well, you know how much of an action taker I am. So if I want to truly implement this, when do I stop? If you're thinking the same thing too, then you have to head to the show notes for the, this episode and get the bonus clip because that's exactly what I asked Nora and she gave me such an insightful answer. So go and grab that bonus clip from the show notes right now. And when we're back, we are going to get into the second part of Nora's strategy, the how to getting leads from your podcast and actually converting them into paying clients. Hey Capshovians, mark your calendars for January 23rd and 24th as we bring you the first ever Capshovians Live in Orlando. We are bringing together a dozen expert speakers to dive deep into the one, yes, just one, key strategy you need to scale your marketing and your business in 2024. You get an exclusive peek into the future of the Capshow software and connect with leading industry figures. Whether you're looking to network with fellow entrepreneurs, learn from top-notch experts, or just want a memorable experience, this is the place to be. We are keeping this event intentionally intimate so that you're not just another face in a crowded room. Yes, we want to get to know each and every one of you, so spots are very limited, which means you're going to need to grab your ticket now. Go to www.capshovianslive.com and get in on the early bird pricing before it goes up. That's www.capshovianslive.com and let's take on 2024 together. So there's four components of the Sound Profits Playbook. Okay, first and foremost, and I'm going to walk through each one of these in detail, but I'm just going to give you the high level overview for right now. 
The first and foremost, I, I begin with the end in mind, and that is always going to be offer optimization. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about why I do that and why I look at this here in a second. Um, then I move to audience alignment. I need to make sure that your existing reach is matching the offer that you're trying to sell, right? We don't want to sell. I mean, you've heard probably the old adage of like, don't sell you know, martial arts to like 90-year-old grandmas, right? Although, you know, more power to them if they're doing it. But we just need to make sure that there's alignment. And then I highlighted the last two pieces here because this is where we're really delivering our customer conversation. And there's two pieces to this playbook that I want to give you. And one is the catalyst interview. So we're going to talk about what that is and why it matters. And then we're going to talk about the demonstration of power workshop. Okay. So did you get the four parts to the Sound Profits playbook? I told you you were going to need a pen and paper for this episode, right? Let's quickly recap. One, offer optimization. Two, audience alignment. Three, the catalyst interview for the power of demonstration workshop. Are you ready to dive into each now? Let's start with the first part, offer optimization. What is the first thing we need to look at when we're creating our irresistible offer? I always make sure that the value exceeds the price. Now I'm going to get, there's nuances to this, right? Now you're like, duh. Okay, duh, Nora. That's, that's kind of a, a no-brainer. But what most people don't think about is what makes up the value and what makes up the price. And so, and it's not just immediate. Sometimes we have to also look at what's the short-term value of this offer and what's the long-term value of this offer, right? If I'm going to make a real estate investment through some syndicate, I might not have a short-term ROI, but long-term I might have an ROI. So I need to kind of take a look at the timeline of this and we'll get into that here in a second. But let's talk about what makes up value. Okay, so first and foremost, there's the primary, what I'll call the primary currency. Your offer is a currency exchange. They're giving you cash or a credit card or a wire or something, but still cash, and you're giving them something in exchange. So what I want you to do is really think about your offer as a currency exchange. So what are you giving them? Your offer typically will increase or decrease something in their life or business. And usually if you sit down and you're like, what does this do for someone? It might increase ROI, it might decrease churn, it might increase peace of mind, it might decrease stress. So I want you to think about the primary currency. When you list all of those things out, what you'll see, A, you'll see that your offer does a lot of cool stuff, which is always kind of nice to see. Usually there's one of those things that you list in your currency exchange exercise that will be the most important and most valuable to your client. And that is usually your primary currency and that your, your potential client is putting a lot of value just in that primary currency alone. Okay, so there's value in the outcome, the result, whatever that is, the increase or the decrease of the things that they do. Also, all of the other sub things that you just listed, there's value in that as well. But that's not where the value stops. Most of the time when I start with a conversion diagnosis, I'm always looking at the volume of people who are seeing it. So the traffic amount, how many people are actually seeing my offer, that's important. But beyond how many people are seeing it, I'm looking at how many of the right people are seeing it. So I'm looking at the quality of the traffic that's coming in. Because if your audience is misaligned, like it, or if it's like your mom sent all of her, I don't know, like poker player friends to your offer, that's probably not going to be super helpful. So like your volume might be up, but like maybe it's not the quality. So I take a look at that. 
Other things I would diagnose and look at is the customer conversations or the gaps that we, we might identify. Oh, I didn't really create that emotion. I didn't really address that potential hesitation. I didn't really, I need to spend more time shifting their belief so that maybe I need more social proof. Maybe I need to, to, to demonstrate that they have time to do this, right? Whatever that might look like. But usually it's a gap in the customer conversation of why things aren't converting the way that they're converting. And just like we just went through, sometimes it's the offer. Sometimes people think, because if they think it's a pain, like if your offer is going to be a lot of work or it's going to be hard or it's going to be, you know, take too much time. People immediately associate what I'll call a pain in the butt tax to the other side of the ledger. So we talk about value. We talk about price. They're adding a price to the pay. It's like they're adding the pain in the butt, the amount of money to that price. And so sometimes it's just your offer and it's the perceived value of the offer. But I would take a look that is a just as a quick framework. If your offer is not converting the way you want it to look at those things first in kind of that order. Don't always assume it's your offer, especially if you have like three people that saw it. Okay, we need data. It's always an experiment. We kind of look at marketing um, kind of back in the day when if you ever did science experiments like I did when I was in seventh and eighth grade a long time ago. But we always look at marketing as an experiment and we look at data to inform our next step. Okay, so that's kind of what I would look at there. All right, so that's offer. We need to make sure we have an offer because why are we going to architect this bridge to get to the offer if there is no offer? So we always make sure we understand where are we taking people, which is point B, the point where they're most likely to invest, right? We need to know that before we even architect that customer conversation. So that's really important. It sure isn't. And if you wanted to get Nora's thoughts on what else people could value and other examples that she talks about, then you're going to want to grab the second bonus clip in the show notes. So go ahead and do that because we're going to now head into the second part of her Sound Profits playbook. So remember, we just spoke about offer optimization. You need to be able to create something that your people actually want. And now let's go and make sure that the audience you're building are actually the right ones. Next is going to be the audience alignment. So back to audience alignment, right? It all starts with reach. If you can't reach your people and we don't get eyeballs on this offer, that's not going to sell, right? That's kind of, I know, mass not trying to make you do math. And don't worry, I won't whip out all my spreadsheets. <laughs> I converted models during this call. But we do need to have reach. Now, the, the really cool thing about everyone on this call is that you have a podcast, right? You're probably guest hosting or, or maybe guesting on other people's podcasts. So you have a reach. Maybe it's your social media reach. Maybe you have an email list, whatever that looks like to you. And it maybe if you're just starting, it's your immediate network around you. It's your physical neighborhood. It's your community, right? We all have the ability to reach some set or segment of people. We need to make sure that the people we can reach, that there's alignment, whether, you know, again, it's your podcast audience. We need to make sure that they're your ideal client or if it's your social media reach or if you're going to venture into paid ads, which the strategy I'm giving you today, kind of the playbook, this ta these tactics do work for paid ads. So if that's on your radar and that's something you want to do, is it necessary? Absolutely not. It is an option and this strategy is known to work with paid ads and that's why I bring it up. But I'm saying this to know, to make sure that you are aware of your existing reach, who you can reach today and making sure that there is alignment between the people you are reaching and the result or the outcome that you're delivering, that primary currency. Do the people you can reach today want that? Are they already looking for that? So that's something I want you to think about. And, and can you test that? Yes, you can test that by looking at your most popular podcast episodes and the title of that. What are they the most interested in? 
You can test that with some social posts and look at engagement. So there's ways for you to get data on whether or not your existing audience has alignment to your offer. So think about it. Perhaps you spent all this time building the audience you've built through your podcast and your other channels, but they're not even the ones you want to be serving. Oh, no. So this step is so critical to ensuring you're on the right track with your sales journey, audience alignment. So we've optimized our offer. We've ensured our audience is aligned with that offer. What is now the third step? The catalyst interview. This is now where your podcast comes in. So catalyst interview. Nora, isn't this like your typical guest podcast? Nope, it's not. But here's why. So you've probably seen this in, in play. And this is kind of where one of those podcasts where it's very scripted. It is very intentional. I prefer to do this. So if you have an audio only podcast, that's fine. I call it a podcast. Most of the time I like to do this on video um, because I think it's important for there. Usually there's some video, there's some visuals. There's uh, there's just something about the connection point sometimes to have video accessible. Would I make this accessible audio only to? Yes, because we all know we're busy human beings and sometimes we just like to consume audio and do the rest of our day, right? Walk the dogs, do the dishes, do whatever. So both are, are great. I typically will do this as as video, but that's not necessary. Okay, so just there's nuances. Remember, if you don't like video and you don't want to get on camera, totally fine. Like they're like, that's why I got a podcast or because I don't want to do video. Fine, no problem but understand where you're at and the nuances here. So what this catalyst interview is, it's someone interviewing you. So let's say it's me and I get it and you're like, I, you know, my good friend, Nora, she's gonna, she interviewed me. And yeah, you know, this is something, if you wanna know the story behind why I do what I do, check out this interview, right? So this interview would be me pulling your origin story out. It's me, it's this whole, the intention and the purpose of this interview is to position you as the guide. So everyone's probably familiar with story brand and you know the whole hero's journey and, and all the narratives that kind of work in marketing. We're not positioning you as the hero, right? Your client is the hero, but we're positioning you as the guide, the trusted advisor is the other phrase I like to use to help someone get to where they wanna be. So whatever that looks like for your offer, someone who can get a result, someone who can shift something, you know, help you have an epiphany, whatever reason, that primary currency, whatever you do for your client, we now, this interview positions you as the person, as the go-to person who can do this. And it gives people insight. You're sharing your story. You're sharing your expertise. So this is also part of the demonstration. Although when we get to the demonstration of power workshop, that's where like, this is really where things come alive. But this interview is really meant to build your credibility and, in, and it's the engaging bridge that takes someone from a passive podcast listener. So today, not that all of your people are passive. You have amazing listeners. I'm not ragging on your on your podcast audience. But if they're just kind of listening to your podcast and going throughout the day and they're not necessarily engaging with your offers, this is the invitation to engage. So we're taking them through this interview. We're getting help. They're getting to know you. They're getting to understand your values your kind of positioning why you, like you know for me you know i'm not a cookie cutter marketer i'm all about nuances i'm all about doing what makes sense for you specifically right that's my philosophy you have a philosophy on how you approach getting results for people too you have a philosophy for what you do for people and why you do things differently in your industry why you created your business why you do what you do that comes through through this interview. So it's not a typical interview. It's not a typical guest host kind of a situation. It is very scripted. It is very intentional. 
You might kind of use some one sentence, you know, persuasion techniques in here, but it's all really meant for you to make that invitation for people to join that next step, which is your demonstration of power workshop. And this is really that the first part of the bridge, right? That first part of you're, you're inviting people in to learn more, to go deeper with you, to get a deeper understanding. Now we're, we're deepening that connection with you and we're inviting them to take the next step, which is usually that workshop. I want you to think about whoever you have interview you. They need to be dynamic. They need to understand how to ask the right questions to pull things out of you in a way that when the listener hears it, or the viewer views it, they're like, oh, I need to work with this person. This person is my person. Okay, so the, it's very strategic and it's very intentional. Whereas most podcast hosts aren't interviewing you as a guest with this intention, right? To really kind of set you up as the guide. And I don't know, some people don't let you pitch on their podcast too, right? So there's that. But the, the whole point isn't, this isn't a hard pitch. This is an invitation to go deeper on the workshop. The whole point is to take the next step with you from passive to active. Okay, so just understand that that's kind of the the intention of this whole interview. And what do I do with this interview? Could you put this interview on your podcast? Yep, it can live in your feed. That's totally fine. You can also run maybe intros and outros or pre-roll and post-roll. I don't know, maybe you do mid-roll. I don't know what you do with your podcast. But you can say, hey, you know, I just spent time. My, my good friend Nora interviewed me. If you want to know more about the history of why I do what I do, because a lot of times in your podcast, you might not be talking about yourself, right? You might not be talking about why you do what you do. You may not be talking like, I'm the expert. Now, that's not how this is going to come across, right? Because you have someone else positioning for you, which is super helpful. But a lot of times in your podcast, you might have listeners that don't really know you, that don't know the story, the backstory, that don't understand your values, that don't understand what you can do for them. And that's what this interview is meant to do. And so could it live in your feed? Yes. I also like to put the video or whatever it is on a page and send people to the page. Why I do that is because when you're talking about your story, you could say, you know, yeah, I, there's there's a lot to the story. I'll give you kind of the the quick 30 second background of it. But if you want to know, you know, go a little bit deeper and really and maybe, you know, then you're going to open a loop, maybe like drop a hint. If you want to know more, you want to know why I really did this. Go, you know, I had my good friend Nora interviewed me. Go check it out at ABC, you know, dot com, whatever you're. But now you're sending traffic to a page. People are able to engage with that interview. And ultimately, that interview now becomes a, a way for you to get people into the workshop. Okay, so this is an asset. It shouldn't just be an episode that just kind of like is there and goes away. This should be an ever you know breathing asset. If you want to go deeper, if you want to know, I mean, how many times, if you ever follow, God bless, I love Brendan Burchard. But every time Brendan Burchard, if he just said like his story, everyone knows he was in a car accident. Everyone knows, and he's amazing. So not knocking Brendan, okay? If he was able to just be able to, if you want to, if you want to know my story and go deeper, you know, like go to this page. And a lot of people who are really engaged and want to find out how they could help them would go to that page here. Like it's just one permanent evergreen asset that you can now leverage that positions you as the expert in your field, positions you as that guide and invites people to go further for additional support or guidance or an outcome, depending on your business and what you do for people. So does this does this asset make sense in terms of the first step on the bridge? Like we've got the, we're building the bridge and there's two parts here. So now we've, we've invited some people to, to, we're just kind of building that first part of the bridge. 
And where does that bridge lead to, you might be wondering? Straight into the fourth step to the Sound Profits Playbook, your Power of Demonstration Workshop. There are always nuances to how I design this workshop for people, because for some people, they're like, I want a four hour workshop. And I, it's like, OK, we're going to go the Tony Robbins, like where people like it's a lot of like that's a long day kind of a thing. That's fine. If that's your if you want to show up for four hours live and you don't have kids or dogs or whatever that need you, that's fine. And maybe that works for you. Most people that I work with don't want to do an all day thing or it, but it also depends on your clients. It depends on your offer. It depends on the material that we want to showcase in this workshop. So please know there is no prescriptive format. There's no prescriptive. It has to be this length and it has to be this price. Absolutely not. Any marketer who is worth their salt should not tell you that things are prescriptive because it varies. Okay. So let's just, I'm putting that out there. It, it does vary. But what this typically does, this is a very high value event. Usually there's a there's a promise, right? There is a deliverable that, that people are going to walk. Maybe it's not a tangible deliverable, like you're going to walk away with a content playbook or whatever, right? But is there is a an outcome, right? People know when you're done with this workshop, when you walk away with this workshop, you will X. There's usually something specific that is coming out of this workshop. If it's a masterclass, it may be what they're learning. It may be what they're going to discover, what they're going to unlock. Right? There's other ways that we can do this, but there's something specific that they already know that they want. Please understand, too, that if we are saying you're going to get this and people are like, I don't know that I need that. That is not going to work. But what has to be something they already know that they need. They all there's a there's a known need to put it another way. That workshop fulfills a known need for your for your prospect okay so what this is this demonstrates your expertise this demonstrates your ability to get people results this demonstrates your process this demonstrates your your values it demonstrates your framework so think about if you've ever been on a workshop where someone makes a comment and you're like wow they don't really care about their people like that stinks i don't want to give this person thousands of dollars right like it your workshop will demonstrate you, right? The whole, like your process, your system, how you help people, how you think about things, how you solution, how you solve problems. All of those things is kind of what, this is what this vehicle or this asset should be. Okay, so I'm gonna, we can kind of read through this here if you want to, but I, I, I want you to, the biggest takeaway with the workshop, there's a lot of different ways that you can execute this. For people who wanna do it live, Live is great for a couple reasons. One, it's interactive, right? I love, I get energy from people and questions and I think that's a lot of fun. Also know on the live side that everyone can make it live. People have, you know, kids and jobs and families and parents and all the things. And so no matter what time you pick, doesn't matter what day of the week, what time, there's your show up rate is just not going to be like as, as high as maybe it could be, right? So there's that. Just understand that there's benefits to doing it live and then ultimately where I do have clients is they do it live for a couple of weeks and then this is something like maybe they do it live once a week just to kind of see you know once they start sending traffic to that catalyst interview and they're getting people into the workshop sometimes they make this a huge event like we're doing this on the 4th of July and like we're you know okay that that's who want to do that that's also fine and then people ultimately where they usually get to is they turn it into an evergreen asset because that way it's there for people to consume. 
I will say when we architect and design an evergreen workshop, it looks a little bit different than a live workshop because of the buying psychology. So when you, if you think about a buyer, when they buy a live workshop, a lot of times why they're buying live is so they can ask questions, interact with you, okay? And when they're, it's an evergreen workshop, we usually have to, again, this goes back to the perceived value. So sometimes we have to tweak the offer or maybe we need to tweak the price because of the perceived value of that live interaction not necessarily being here, but there's things that we do to offset it. So just know you have a lot of choices. All of them have worked, right? We can usually, there's a way to host a workshop in the way that feels right for you, that is aligned with your personality, that is aligned with how we want to teach, right? I think that that's the biggest takeaway here. This isn't prescriptive, but just know that this whole workshop is designed for you to demonstrate what you can do. This is gonna demonstrate your framework. A lot of times I love to lean into the framework here. I know there's a lot of people that will initially come be like, I need a perfect webinar. Get like secret one, secret two, secret three. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I can, we can do that, but that may not match what your customers need in the customer conversation, right? So sometimes secret one, secret two, secret three immediately and, and you know, directly relate back to beliefs and feelings that they need in order to shift or, or create in order to buy but not always. And so again, this goes back to the whole cookie cutter thing. Try not to think about the, you know, that what scripts do I need to use, but think more, go back to your customer conversation and your process to get someone a result or your process to do what you do or why things work or helping people understand the shifts. Like this is what's happening and this is why you're not getting the result you want. And this is, you know, what to do instead. And you're presenting the solution. You can go deep. In the workshop, if it's four hours, obviously they're walking away with something that's a little bit more tangible than if it was an hour or 90 minutes. So there's a lot of different ways to architect this workshop, but the intent of this asset, and it is an asset, especially when you get it to be an evergreen asset, this is something that the intention is to demonstrate your expertise and shift beliefs, create those emotions and prime people for the next step. So the call to action on this workshop is always going to be to go to your high ticket offers. For some of you, it'll be apply. For some of you, it'll be book a call. For some of you, it'll be, you know, the sales page is here and you're going to present a special offer or whatever that looks like for urgency and scarcity. I'm not a big fan of fake urgency and scarcity. That's definitely not my style, but there is a way to be in congruence with your brand values and just how you like to do business and still create urgency and scarcity for people to buy. So that is the intention of the Demonstration of Power workshop. Wow. Did you get all your notes down? I did tell you this was going to be a jam-packed, richly dense episode of value, right? So there you have it. Nora Sadat's whole framework to level up the number of leads you have coming from your podcast into your business and then how to actually convert these leads. The first step is the customer conversation, the dialogue you need to ensure you're having with your ideal audience, wherever they're hearing you or reading something you write that helps them get from point A to point B. The place where the mindset shifts that need to make in order for them to buy from you has happened. You're going to need to know the exact customer conversation you need to be having for then the second step. And that second step is the Sound Profits Playbook. And there's four parts to this. Offer optimization, audience alignment, the catalyst interview, and the power of demonstration workshop. Now, I've curated a couple of bonus clips for you that delve deeper into customer conversation and offer optimization. So go and grab those in the show notes now. And if you want to get in touch with Nora, 
you can always reach out to me over email. It's just ask at norasudeth.com. I think I might have written these down. Oh, I did. I will respond to direct messages on social, but I am of the age that I don't always think to post about my life on social. I'm trying to get better, but I just kind of live and get to tell people when I'm alive. Bear with me. Just got to what it is. Um, but feel free to, you can email ask at norasudeth.com. You can go to the website, uh, which is norasudeth.com, or you can hit me up on social. But feel free to reach out if you have questions, follow-up questions, things are not clear. I am here. I am here to help. All of those links will be in the show notes with those bonus clips. Thanks for hanging with me. My name is Deidre Shen. Stay awesome.